Hello and welcome back to Explicitly Us. Fun, friendly and good for the whole family. It's sure to put a smile on your face. So get ready all the way from Table 19 Studios, your hosts Andy and Trista. Yay! Yay! Just kidding. I just had to do that to finish my Belvita. Cinnamon Belvita. I don't hear myself too much. I hope I'm giving myself enough microphone. What are you reading over there? I was looking at some poems. Feeling poetic? Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be with you today. Always good to be with you as well. Stop it. (laughs) You know that's not true. Mostly. Always glad to be with you. Let me ask you a question. Oh, dear. (laughs) It's a serious question. Okay. Not about the mostly thing. We'll come back to that. Okay. Awesome. Have you ever been randomly approached by a dude while you were married? Why, yes. Yes, I have. What would you do? (laughs) So you've been approached by a dude that was interested in you while you were married. What does one do that is named Trista? Um, Laugh awkwardly and politely respond to questions being asked. (laughs) This is what I gotta. And live try with to people. hold your hand up, like, and scratch your nose where your wedding ring is showing. I think I need a bigger wedding band. <laughs> mm. Can it not be seen? Mm. I need something more glittery. But this dude was flat out. <sighs> Do we have to rehash this? No, we okay. don't. <laughs> Good. I mean, he was flat out not wavered by you being married. I mean, he was because he eventually ended the conversation and walked back wherever he came from. (laughs) From whence he came. From whence he came. Hell. So, yeah, you had an exciting day today. That's what you get for being an independent woman and wanting to go places without me. You get hit on by men. Doesn't happen very often. I told you you were attractive and you need to be careful. I said, stop wearing makeup. You're too attractive. Stop wearing nice clothes. You're too attractive. Today. Go around like a frumpy, frumpy girl. Don't be attractive. That way men won't talk to you. She don't listen. She just walks around with all that beauty, just flowing from every direction. Random men are talking to her. The audacity. I'm anyway. sure that happens to most people, though, if they're out without their husbands. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, um, yeah, so she did invite him to church. I actually didn't. Well, when you came out and said, my husband, the pastor of our <laughs> local <husband> church. My <laughs> husband and I <laughs> and my four children. <laughs> That's right. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Funny stories. Funny Have stories. you ever been approached by a woman? Heck No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Let's turn the tables here. I have been a couple times, but it was always when I was in a position to where they could gain something 
For example, I used to work security, and there was this event that I was working that people on the inside were A-list, and people on the outside were, well, the the A-list people weren't drunkards. They were connoisseurs. They were A-list connoisseurs. People on the outside were all drunkards wanting to get inside because of the because of the product on the inside. So you were approached by drunk women. No, <laughs> they weren't drunk yet. Okay. But they did approach because they wanted to get inside oh, okay. and I was a security guard. They wanted to become drunk. This is making it sound like I was a bouncer at a bar. <laughs> I was not a bouncer at a bar. I was working a legit security job and some company hired I us for you it. did that. Yeah. A company hired us for an, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, an, an event, but there's a, another word. Um, well, for an event mm-hmm. that they were hosting. And um, so, yeah, these random women came up to me and tried to flirt to get the little security guy to let them in. <laughs> and If I could have been a fly on the wall. Hmm. Yeah. So I said, sorry. Can't let you in. There's a guy over there that you can talk to. Um, that's probably the only time, maybe. I mean, when you look like this, you're not going to get much attention, which is part of my plan, you see. Well, this was a first for me in in this way. Mm-hmm. In this way. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. There have been other times that were different. <laughs> yeah, that means there's been several times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, hey, we are who we are. Anywho. And uh, I'm... came back home. <laughs> well, we're thankful for that. You didn't go with the stalker. I That's nice. Um, interesting. But on the subject of marriage, we're closing down a conversation <laughs> from a pa- couple of weeks. We have to move on. We got to move on. I know you all have been so encouraged by the conversation we've been having on our very, not public marriage, but just, you know, some enlightening things about marriage that we think are important. We could be wrong. We we very much could be wrong. This is our opinion. We are just being, I want to say explicit, but we're not being explicit. We're being can you be explicit in that in, in this way, or does explicit always mean raunchy? Well, why is our podcast name explicitly? Because explicitly us, us explicitly, I think is a very different word than explicit. It's just because you're using it as an adverb. Okay, but it's us. So, <laughs> anyways, not to hash back into that, but we did receive a comment that I thought was very encouraging. And uh, I thought I would read it. Um, Generically, this is from a a listener. We're not going to mention any names or anything like that. Uh, But this is really encouraging for others that are are going through marriage. uh, uh, And people are like, you know, uh, what are other people like? Well, here's somebody else. that You say uh, going through marriage like it's a trial. They're going through marriage. And I changed nothing that I said. I was thinking about your podcast topic, says the listener, and my wife and I have never slept apart due to an argument, but early in our marriage, we had a couple of instances where we were mad at each other and couldn't reconcile before bed. Understandable, right? Not correct, not right, but understandable. Been there. 
I tried to sleep on the couch once, but we ended up talking it out. That's what me and Trista have done many times. Many times, like once a week at least. Uh, it's usually, you know, one of us doesn't come to bed and we're like, all right, get over here. We're talking it out because we're not going to bed without one another. Uh, many years later, I believe our grace has grown for one another. It does take some time to resolve arguments from time to time, but I think it's mostly because of our personalities. Um, and then he says, I, I can say this because I, I mentioned that uh, my wife is exactly the same. So this is enlightening for Trista. Uh, the gentleman says she is like a switch. She can be arguing one second and reconciling the next. Yeah, that's Trista. To a T, as they say. T for Trista. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm always afraid of saying something I shouldn't. Been there, done that made the t-shirt so i always try to leave the argument cool off think about my own actions and return to the conversation later she hates that i think she feels like i am being uncaring and my response to that gentleman is you're not alone and i think i am like that as well mm -hmm. and uh i i don't want to argue when people are emotional i want to talk about it rationally and so in marriage when you come across those instances Choose your words wisely because it's going to be hard to take them back. And the wife doesn't like that. They, the wife oftentimes wants to discuss things passionately and they want to be able to cry and uh, all that. See, I don't like it when they cry because then you always apologize, even if you're right. And so. And that's not wrong. <laughs> but here's what here's what it all comes down to. They yes. are into they are into the teens of their marriage. These this couple, and you don't get into the teens um, without some bumps and bruises and working it out. And uh, same for us. It's been a journey. It's been a long journey. <laughs> There's a song that says that, but I have been blessed or something. A long trial. It's been a long trial. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, um, I did not have permission to share that, but I just assumed if I kept everything generic, it was okay. So if you're listening and it's not okay, you need to start, uh, writing to us by saying, this is private. Otherwise I'll generically share it, but thank you. It, it, it was probably encouragement to somebody else out there as well. So with that being said, Marriage Counseling Podcast number three is over. We're done. Do yes. not ask us for any more you know wisdom or advice You know what marriage. yesterday was? Are we speaking future tense past? Yes. Okay. Yesterday was. I do was know what yesterday was. What? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Your gift was awesome. Okay. It was awesome. Trista had I'll this take your word for it. in the middle of the week. Because Mother's Day is one of those holidays that creeps up on you. Agreed? It can be, yes. Okay. So it creeps up on you. Middle of the week, Trista says, oh, I have an idea. Oh, you're talking about this gift. What I gift? bet you're talking about like a gift I received. I was like, I'll take your word for it. It's going to be great. No, no, no. We didn't get you a gift. Okay. You bought yourself a gift. I'll remind you of what you bought later. Okay. I think you're wearing it. Are you? This watch? Yeah. You bought I've that. I've had this new watch forever. No, not that watch. The other watch. The vintage watch you bought. 
That was for Mother's Day? Yeah, that was your, okay. that was your Mother's Day gift. Sorry, we don't got the budget to buy you another gift. Okay. She bought a really cool vintage uh, Seiko 5 watch. It's really cool. It's not expensive. Don't worry, guys. But it's really cool. So. I'm going to wear it slash I did wear it. For <laughs> <laughs> you wore it yesterday. For Mother's Day. You wore it yesterday. It's really cool. I like it a lot. It's going to match whatever you wear. <laughs> um, so anyways, the gift that Trista had tonight. Do, why don't you tell this okay. story? I'll tell the story. How it all came to you. So suddenly, like Wednesday in the middle of the week, I remembered that Mother's Day was approaching. And like all pastor's wives do, they put together gifts for occasions. And this is a big one, Mother's Day. And in the past, we've done things like books, gift certificates, um, bags and bookmarks and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, it's too late to buy anything in bulk, get things here, what can I do where I am last minute? And then like the thought came out of nowhere I would like to do like a tea theme and like if I could get a teacup and fill it with like tea bags and stuff that would be a really cute Mother's Day gift and I just knew living where we live I was not going to be able to find enough teacups if any to make this gift work and so I just said all right God I'll make this spiritual all right okay. God you know I need this and you know it's important to me. Thank you for making it spiritual for us. And so just, I'm going to go to this place that is more than likely the only place that would have them. And I'm just going to trust that you have them there for me. And so I go in and I'm like walking around the store. This is how, this is how I went in. Like I walked to the section, not where I knew they would be. I was like, I'm just gonna browse over here in this other section first and work myself up to going over where I know that the teacups would be because I'm just like, I don't wanna be disappointed. So I'm like walking around the store, checking stuff out. Browsing, they call it. Browsing, like for no reason. And finally I'm like, all right, I gotta go over and look. So I walk over to the shelf where they would be if they were gonna be there and lo and behold, exactly what I need. It's probably technically a coffee cup, but it doesn't look like a coffee cup. It could be a teacup. Sure. It doesn't scream coffee, Agreed. right? And so I was like, this is perfect. And I'm like looking and the whole shelf is full of them. There were probably two dozen of these things there. Like for no reason, there shouldn't be that many there on the shelf. Right. But for me... Because you're a child of God. Because God wanted me to have them and have that blessing. They were there on the shelf for me. Right. So I bought as many as I needed. I bought my tea bags. I had cinnamon sticks. I had some little snacks. And you helped me design a little tag that I laminated to put on them. And I got my little twine out and made a little bow. And so I have those gifts for all the ladies tomorrow. Oh, I had those gifts for all the ladies at yesterday. church on Mother's Day yesterday. yesterday yeah. Uh, you, you need to, if I can just interject this just for our 
producing segment for me and you. I forgot to tell you, I need you to like write notes down through the podcast of things that we can post on Instagram. I always do. Because I, I find it difficult notes. to remember what we talked yes, about. I this is a great picture mm-hmm. to post. Your little cup. Yeah, I have a picture of it. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. So anyways. I was very happy that I, I, I know you pulled were. that off and I got it You together. were so happy that you told me the story the entire time. You told me the story. You told it as if nothing was going to work out. Yeah. It was I from mean, a very, you told it from a very negative place. I tried to and be then the pessimistic. Ending was, yes. And then Even you gave like it after the good thing happens, mm-hmm. I'm still like pessimistic about it all. Right. And then you gave me what I like to refer to as a Hallmark ending. Yeah. Like the Hallmark channel where everything works out. Yeah. You gave me that. We've been watching some Hallmark lately. Oh my goodness. So if you are like us, you're fed up with Disney, right? Um, the old Disney movies and stuff. Okay, we all watched those as kids and they all hold memories for us. You know, the fairy tales and those kinds of things. But when the directors of uh, Disney, we'll call them directors because I don't know what their titles are. But when the people directing things, people in management come out, executives, when they come out and say that they are trying to indoctrinate children with homosexual, the homosexual agenda and the the abbreviation for all those different lifestyles, which I never can remember that thing. LGBTQ, maybe, something like that. Yeah. So when those people come out and say that they're purposefully trying to indoctrinate the children and that they are, they have plans to introduce more and more either gender neutral or homosexual characters into their shows and into their movies for children, which either way it's bad, but you understand the indoctrination uh, stand here. Uh, When they say that outright, and of course with what they're doing in Florida, and that's where it all stemmed from, uh, at some point a Christian needs to make a decision. Now look, I know you can't ban everything in your life or you'll die. Literally, you won't have food. Because if you ban Walmart for the things that they have, it's interesting. You can go into some Walmart in in one state and find uh, the rainbow pride uh, flag on a T-shirt. And then I go into the Walmart in another state and there's a Bible verse in Walmart. So it's the whole spectrum, right? So I guess what I'm saying is just because you see something that Walmart sells that you disagree with, you, you may be able to ban them, ban them but I, I can't, right? So, but when I'm paying for a service and... That you can definitely live without. That I can definitely live without. It's not food. I don't have to shop there. It's entertainment. I can live without it. I don't need it. And really, none of those things, even the most innocent show on Disney, is not strengthening my my spirit or my children's spirit spiritually. None of it is helping, right? Even though some of the older things we might call morally entertaining. All right. So we just made a decision. And we made the same decision with Netflix uh, last year or two. And it's just getting easier and easier to make these decisions. We're cutting out certain things of entertainment that we don't want to influence our children. 
And so we cut that out. But in the process of cutting that out, I find that, uh, well, I went looking for this movie to watch last Friday night. Um, what was the name of the movie? It was the Western. Well, Rose Hill. I grew up with this yeah. Western called Rose Hill. And it's just about these four little boys. They adopt this little, or they don't adopt. They they find this abandoned baby. They fast forwards. Now they're cowboys on the West. And these four boys who are not brothers raise this girl. And she's a sister of these four brothers. And it's just a, it's a quaint little Western uh, Rose Hill. I can recommend it to y'all. Now, but I go looking for this movie and find out, oh, you got to pay to watch it. Oh, but it's over here on Hallmark and Hallmark so then I found out there's a Hallmark movie channel where you can pay a monthly subscription and have access to all their movies. And it was like half the price of whatever Disney was charging. It's relatively inexpensive for a streaming platform because you're only getting what they produce. Mm-hmm. So it was like three or four, four, four or five dollars a month, I think is what it is. Um, so I ended up getting that in lieu of Disney. And we've been watching a few different things on there. Now, one thing I will say about Hallmark, because I guess, how do we get into this? I said you you gave me a Hallmark ending? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I say about Hallmark is the acting is all the same. It's a style. It's a style like of a acting. Genre. Very, yeah. very specific style to where I envision in my mind that all the actors, when they say cut, nobody smiles. <laughs> Because their jaws hurt They're so exhausted. bad. They're exhausted <laughs> from smiling. I would be. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wouldn't make it. The smiles on a Hallmark movie, for one, they all have great teeth, which is awesome, right? I think that's a prerequisite. I really think it is. Probably, well, not in all movies because you got the scary characters that have to have nasty teeth, right? But for Hallmark, you have to have perfect teeth. Uh, that's number one. And so these, these people are just... Anyways, so... That's what we've been doing lately. But yesterday, you had a great gift. It was amazing. The people loved it. I sure hope they did. <laughs> <laughs> I really am enjoying recording earlier than Sunday. Last week, we recorded on a Thursday or Friday. Yeah, this week, it's nice. Saturday. But it, I, I want to go back to that Thursday, Friday. Hey, our air conditioner broke back in December. We've been without air conditioning. It's been hot, hot, hot up in this joint. We got air conditioning yesterday. So two things you'll notice. One, we're going to be in a little better mood just because of that, quite frankly. But two, not as much noise in the background. Now, you probably don't notice it because I edited a lot out, but it's going to be a lot easier to get a better sound. So if you notice a different sound from last week to this week, if you notice a better quality, uh, it's because of that. Okay, so I'm thankful for it. You be thankful for us because the Lord has blessed us this past week. With that, yesterday was Mother's Day, and Trista has something to share with us for Mother's Day. I'm going to let you do that, Trista. Okay. And then we'll have a Paul Harvey segment. Okay. And then we'll see where we go from there. All right, I hope this flows because I printed it out and marked it all up because I'm only going to say some of this. Okay. But we're going to talk about the history of Mother's Day. Okay. You ever wonder, like, what's the history behind this holiday? Can I guess who started it? Sure. Was it an individual? Yes. Was it Abraham Lincoln? No. 
Was it post or pre Abe? Post. Mm, Just let me read it. <clears throat> Take all my fun away. And you can find this on history.com. Oh, and you know you can trust them. Yes. I really well, don't. Well, it was that I, on Wikipedia. I don't know if you can trust so. them or not. Wikipedia? You cannot trust everything on Wikipedia. That's for That's stinking sure. That's why I went to sure. history.com. All right. Oh, Do you have some background music for me? Well, I just, I use my background music for the other thing, so I don't know. Do you want me to put the same background music on? Did care. you like that? It doesn't matter. We'll put the same okay. background music on. Okay. All right. Celebrations of mothers and motherhood can be traced back to the ancient Greeks and Romans. But the clearest modern precedent for Mother's Day is the early Christian festival known as Mothering Sunday, a time when the faithful would return to their mother church, the main church in the vicinity of their home, for a special service. Interesting. Over time, the Mothering Sunday tradition shifted into a more secular holiday, and children would present their mothers with flowers and other tokens of appreciation. This custom eventually faded in popularity before merging with the American Mother's Day in the 1930s and 1940s. The origins of Mother's Day, as celebrated in the United States, date back to the 19th century. In the years before the Civil War, Anne Reeves Jarvis of West Virginia helped start Mother's Day work clubs to teach local women how to properly care for their children. These clubs later became a unifying force in a region of the country still divided over the Civil War. So I guess kind of Abraham Lincoln uh, time uh -huh. here, but we're going to move forward. Uh -huh. In 1868, Jarvis organized Mother's Friendship Day, at which mothers gathered with form former Union and Confederate soldiers to promote reconciliation. The official Mother's Day holiday arose in the 1900s as a result of the efforts of Anna Jarvis, daughter of Anna Anne Reeves Jarvis. Following her mother's 1905 death, Anna Jarvis conceived of Mother's Day as a way of honoring the sacrifices mothers made for their children. After gaining financial backing from a Philadelphia department store owner named John Wanamaker, in May 1908, she organized the first official Mother's Day celebration at a Methodist church in West Virginia. That same day also saw thousands of people attend a Mother's Day event at one of Wanamaker's retail stores in Philadelphia. Following the success of her first Mother's Day, Jarvis, who remained unmarried and childless her whole life, resolved to see her holiday added to the national calendar. Arguing that American holidays were biased toward male achievements, what? she started a massive letter-writing campaign to newspapers and prominent politicians urging the adoption of a special day honoring motherhood. By 1912, many states, towns, and churches had adopted Mother's Day as an annual holiday, and Jarvis had established the Mother's Day International Association to help promote her cause. Her persistence paid off in 1914 when President Woodrow Wilson signed a measure officially establishing the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Anna Jarvis had originally conceived of Mother's Day as a day of personal celebration between mothers and families. Her version of the day involved wearing a white carnation as a badge and visiting one's mother or attending church services. But once Mother's Day became a national holiday, it was not long before florists, card companies, and other merchants capitalized on its popularity. 
While Jarvis had initially worked with the floral industry to help raise Mother's Day profile, by 1920 she had become disgusted with how the holiday had been commercialized. (laughs) She outwardly denounced the transformation and urged people to stop buying Mother's Day flowers, cards, and candies. Jarvis eventually restored to an open campaign resorted to an open campaign against Mother's Day profiteers, speaking out against confectioners, florists, and even charities. She also launched countless lawsuits against groups that had used the name Mother's Day, eventually spending most of her personal wealth in legal fees. By the time of her death in 1948, Jarvis had disowned the holiday altogether and even actively lobbied the government to see it removed from the American calendar. In the United States, Mother's Day continues to be celebrated by presenting mothers and other women with gifts and flowers, and it has become one of the biggest holidays for consumer spending. Families also celebrate by giving mothers a day off from activities like cooking or other household chores. And now you know (laughs) the history of Mother's Day. That woman was one of the most disagreeable women I've it's ever heard interesting about. because she literally went to a department store yeah. for backing, and then she's and they like, complained uh-huh, about it being commercialized. Uh-huh, right. I'm like, hmm. and and the first, she must have agreed with that event that the department store was having yeah. to celebrate. And it. then she was never a wife or mother herself. Like I can only imagine what her personality was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can just envision it. If nobody wanted you. (laughs) That's a terrible thing to say, but... I mean, like, seriously, though. And then she, like, used all of her finances to fight against what she's worked so hard to establish. It's interesting because there's a sense, uh, a little twinge of um, feminism. Oh, yes. And I cut out a lot of that. If you want the whole story, go go to to history.com. So there's a whole thing of feminism yes. in there about the man always getting the credit. We got to keep the man down, all that junk. That's the part where I'm like, okay, I don't like this person. <laughs> I don't care women getting the credit. I don't care about Mother's Day and, and honoring mothers. I think we should. But whenever somebody complains about somebody getting more credit than another people group, it just rubs me the wrong way. That just goes into the whole pride feel and I want to feel appreciated And it's not about men getting appreciated more than women. It's about men have always been world leaders, and so they're always at the forefront. Guess what? They get honored more than women, and they also get blamed more than women, okay? so As they should. As they stink and should, (laughs) because they were at the forefront, so they should be blamed and honored appropriately. Now, guess what? We are living in a world now where women are heavily in politics and they're getting blamed a whole bunch. And But they're now they're saying, well, if you blame me, you must be a uh, male chauvinist, right? Yeah. Uh, so they just can't they just can't be happy. Trista is what I'm saying. I don't know this, what to tell you. This woman, I'm not a supporter, but I'm going to celebrate Mother's Day. We Guess love what? our mothers. I'm going to stink and buy all the sales that I run into on Mother's Day just to dishonor <laughs> that woman and honor Mother's uh, Day. So. I do have a fun fact, though, about Mother's Day. Day. Did you know more phone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year? Mm. These holiday chats with mom often cause phone traffic to spike by as much as 37%. That's interesting. Now, is that um, current or is that when it was only phone lines and not I don't know because the article was like 2011, but then it says it was updated and 
recently. Well, but both, all that cell phone age. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, how do you feel? Just kind of segue into a little question for you. How do you feel about holidays being profiteered upon by department stores, businesses wanting to hold sales? Now, you got that people out there that say, I'm against it because it's just been commercialized. So I'm not going to celebrate that holiday or whatever, or they don't like Christmas anymore because it's been commercialized. How do you feel about the commercialization of everything, of, of, of anything, maybe a particular holiday or is there anything that bothers you? I can't say that I've ever had a problem with it because I can choose to participate in that or to not participate in that. Boom. Drop the mic, Trista. I can go buy cards on the holidays or not buy cards on the holiday. It, right. What everybody else does is up to them. Personal choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the same way. I have never been bothered by, let's say, Black Friday. And they say, well, it should be about thankfulness. And now everybody says what they're thankful for. And then they go out and buy more things. Okay. But I've also seen a lot of people out on Black Friday buying things for other people. That's one of the bi biggest yeah. gift buying right. days. And so shut your face. I'm just sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> have said shut your face. But listen, if people want to make money, if businesses want to make money, leave them alone. They're providing jobs to families, right? They're, they're growing industries and, and all this. So what in the world? They're going to have to have days to offer sales. And they just happen to put those on holidays, Great. And if you don't want to participate, don't, don't participate. participate. Just because people commercialize it, it and, you see the, you. and you see the commercials on TV doesn't mean that Christmas has to mean less no. to you than, than it did before. It is what you make of it. That's right. Why do you say things so perfect all the time? No. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just done with the whole emotionalism of everything getting emotional. You know what I mean? Just leave it alone. It's an emotional world. Stop. Why do you got to, why does everybody got to complain about everything and everybody? Right. Good, good uh, resource there. Good research. Was that too long? Did a little bit. too long? But I won't complain. No, I it thought wasn't. it was interesting, It wasn't though. too long. It was fine. I enjoyed I it. I cut out a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't need no feminism up in this joint. There was quite a bit of it. <laughs> right. I bet there was. Um, checking our time here. We're about 34 minutes in. Let me do this Paul Harvey. Okay. And then we'll bring it to a close. Was All there right. something else that we needed to cover? I don't think so. I feel like, oh, yeah, there was. Okay. Just a, real quick. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about our event in the plaza where we were showing the movie Easter. Easter. We talked about it in a podcast, but we never talked about how it went. Oh. So it went really good. It did. It went really well. We had like 10 visitors in church mm -hmm. that Sunday. And um, probably our favorite thing about the evening was our youngest, AJ, who took it upon himself, Trista, another. Trisha's been rocking it lately. She has this Mother's Day gift. And then, she, you know, she wanted to do this movie thing. So we, we get the movie thing done. But she's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make gifts. And we're going to give it to people. And we're going to... You got to hand something out if you're having an event. So she made these gift bags with a snack, a track, something else. A little gift. A little gift. And then like a water bottle or something that, yep. you know, you carry outside the little bag. And so AJ took it upon himself to... Be watching all entrances to the plaza, which was vast. There's probably eight different entrances yes. into the plaza. And so he was watching all entrances. And if somebody stepped on the plaza, he ran across the he plaza, did. which is the size of like a 
half a football field probably. Mm-hmm. And so he ran across and got a gift bag and got some waters and he would have his arms full because nobody walks around alone. There's always two to four people. And so he'd have a big old handful, armful. He had a bag that he was running around with. He was giving people these gifts out. And how are you going to refuse from a little man? So he was giving tracks out all night long. It went really well. Mm-hmm. Many people stayed. We had a great time. Um, we offered for anyone that was there at the end of the event, we told them who we were. We are from this church and that we would love to pray with them if they have anything that they need prayer over, if they would like to talk. We'd love to be an encouragement to them uh, while we were there. So then we would start to pack up and stuff, and we actually had some guys approach us to receive prayer with them and or for us to pray with them. So we did that, and it was great. And then we had a big Sunday, a uh, big um uh, some visitors came some visitors who had came been there. From that. Yep. It was awesome. So, and there's several that uh, didn't come that said they would come actually. And so we look forward to seeing mm-hmm. them one day as well. You just never know, you know, when that visitor might show up. Right. So, uh, we had a good day overall. Yep. So thank you for, you know, checking with us and seeing how it all went and for keeping us up with those things. I'm, I'm sure there's more things that have happened in the past few weeks that we're not sharing, but thank you for letting us just talk with one another and bring you up to speed with it as well. Now, we do want to bring you this Paul Harvey. So if you would sit back, it is a Mother's, not a Mother's Day theme, but a motherly theme, kind of. (laughs) We'll see. Now, the rest of the story. Hey, diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumped over the moon. The little dog laughed to see such sport, and the dish ran away with the spoon. Well, now that rhyme is not nearly so nonsensical as you think. But that, (laughs) well, that is the rest of the story. Elizabeth Foster was born in 1665 in England, and she didn't dare repeat that verse out loud until she got to this side of the Atlantic because her verse was poking some pretty pointed fun at Queen Elizabeth and her court. You see, in those days, every queen was called a cat. Elizabeth did play the fiddle. The little dog was her lover, the Earl of Leicester. And the spoon referred to Lady Catherine Grey, a lady-in-waiting who tasted every dish before it was served to Her Majesty. The dish, well, that was the Earl of Hartford, custodian of the Queen's tableware. And it was he who eloped with Lady Catherine. And you thought this was kid stuff? (laughs) Elizabeth Foster came to the United States with her little poem, married a widower in Boston named Isaac Goose, who had ten children. Elizabeth became mother goose, that's right, to ten children, and for the amusement of her ten stepchildren, Mrs. Goose recited other little verses, which she had brought from England or written en route. The one about Mary Mary quite contrary, that referred to Mary, Queen of Scots. King George was Georgie Porgy, who kissed the girls and made them cry. Edward the Sixth, who seized farms for sheep pastures, was lampooned in her verse, Ba Ba Black Sheep. Eventually, the second Mrs. Goose had another ten children. Now there were twenty. Her little verses became necessary bedtime ditties with which to put her enormous brood to sleep, and it was about this time that she wrote of the old woman who lived in a shoe who had so many children. She didn't know what to do. 
And yet the rhymes, which are now so familiar, might never have been heard outside the nursery, except that one day, while Mrs. Goose was still cooing verses to the most recent offspring, some of the earlier ones were ripening for marriage, and there appeared upon the scene one Thomas Fleet from Shropshire, England, and he wooed and won one of the Goose daughters. But he, a staunch Tory, did not like the way Mrs. Goose poked fun at the crown, and eventually his antagonism mounted to a fury, and he sought in callous ire to brand her publicly. Now, Fleet was a printer. So in 1719, he copied down those verses and he published them in a pamphlet referring to the author as Old Mother Goose. In this way, he sought to alienate all of the back bay from his stepmother-in-law. This young fleet was certain would silence her impertinence forever. But to fleet's dismay, the pamphlet was praised. Everybody wanted a copy. Instead of demanding the author's scalp, they demanded a second printing. And Mother Goose will have an audience for as long as there are children. Though it was certainly not for children that she wrote, Needles and pins, needles and pins, when a man marries, his troubles begin. That reference was to Henry VIII and his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, who introduced pins from France before she lost her head. Soon husbands had to provide their wives with special allowances for this luxury, and that's when the phrase pin money was injected into our language. Ah, oh, yes, these lines, each concealing some sharp barb, these verses designed to unstuff the pompous politicians and expose the royal scandals became nursery rhymes. They became nursery rhymes because a printer named Thomas Fleet deliberately tried to discredit his stepmother-in-law and immortalized her instead. And now you know the rest of the story. Oh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Now we know. I feel like that's something we should know, but we yeah, don't. We don't, and it makes perfect sense. It, it does. The thing I like about Paul Harvey is when he tells a story, it it literally is like it all lines up. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it just lines up perfectly with uh, the meaning behind the poems mm-hmm. and, and rhymes or whatever you call those things. Nursery rhymes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you know the rest of the story. And that guy was a jerk, wasn't he? <laughs> How are you going to treat your mother-in-law that way? What in the world? And what was the wife thinking? His wife. Allowing him to do that. Allowing him? Yes. <laughs> you know she had some pole. You know she had. She could have slept on the couch. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Well, Trista, if you don't have anything else to say, we're going to have to let these people go. It's Monday. They have a lot to do. Hope you had a great Mother's Day. Love you, Mother 1 and Mother 2. You know who you are. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, it, I say it's Monday. It's being released Monday, so hopefully you listen when it's released. If you don't, we still love you. No matter how far you are behind. We still love you. And listen, share it with a friend. Tell somebody else about this podcast because this is our retirement plan. We're going to grow this thing to have at least a thousand listeners. Trista, we can do it. Okay. Mother one, mother two. You've done a great (laughs) job raising these two children of yours. We are fantastic. And we love you very much. We hope you're proud. We hope you're proud of us. (laughs) So we send out a happy Mother's Day to you. You did not receive a phone call from us, so this will do. This will suffice. They did not receive one. They did not. I can already tell you. We are not going to be that. They did not receive a phone call. (laughs) But if you don't listen to this podcast, then obviously you don't love us. So you didn't need one anyways. 
No, I'm just kidding. Trista, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. You are a great mother. Thank you. Fantastic. The best my children have ever had. Wow. Yeah. Saying a lot. But you keep talking to men out there. You'll be the last mother. Uh, uh, that makes no sense. <laughs> Trista, if they want to comment, if they want to write us, if they have any questions, where can they find us at? Explicitly us at gmail.com. I just like to hear your voice. And check our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Explicitly underscore us. That's what it is. You'll find it there. Explicitly underscore us. Love you, Trista. Love you. See you. Hey, wait a second. Did you know Explicitly Us is on Instagram? Just search explicitly underscore us, or you can find the link on the show description. You will be able to see photos and videos on the various topics and stories we share. Do you have any friends? Invite them to share in the fun too. Until next time, be happy, be blessed. And one of these days... We talk too long. I'm going to time that better. (laughs)